Welcome to the BYOB podcast. Before you crack open that cold one, I should clarify. This is the Build Your Own Business podcast, your go-to place for all the marketing, mindset, and strategies needed to build a successful and profitable online business. My name is Shania, and I'm a marketer, business coach, and lover of all puns. I felt unfulfilled at my 9-to-5 and as if I was meant to do way more than any job description would allow. So I started an online coaching business and you guessed it, I haven't looked back. If you are ready to build a career that you're crazy passionate about, doesn't have you counting down the days until you retire, and lets you BYOB, be your own boss, then this is the podcast for you. Grab a pen and notebook and let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the BYOB podcast. Now, one thing I think that we all struggle with is being productive and the idea that our calendar has to be jam-packed because if it means that we have all of these meetings, then it means that we're doing something right. When in reality, we put things in our calendar and then we procrastinate on doing those tasks that actually help us grow our business and instead decide to focus on the easy stuff that's you know not necessarily going to help us attract clients or reach our goals. Or if you're like me and you're balancing a nine to five, it can feel so overwhelming having a large portion of your day dedicated for your nine to five, but also having these big dreams of success and just not knowing how to manage your time efficiently to get everything you want done or coming home from your nine to five and just being so exhausted to set aside a couple of hours every evening to work on your business. So of course, I had to bring in the productivity queen herself, Leanne, to share her knowledge and tips on how to be more productive. So Leanne, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm super excited for you to join us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and talk about my favorite topic in the world of productivity. I think it's going to be such a great conversation. And I know a little bit about you and your story. um, And I just think it's super inspiring. So to kick things off, can you share a little bit about your business journey and why you decided to start your coaching business? Yeah, of course. So as you can probably tell by my accent, I'm not local to the States or to Canada. I'm actually from England. So I grew up across the pond uh, in a pretty small kind of town in England, um, about an hour and a half outside of London. And I spent most of my childhood there. um, And at the age of 22, after graduating from university, I joined a very highly competitive retail program in England where I went through the ranks very quickly. It was a German-owned business, so probably one of the most productive businesses on the planet, and that was a big part um, of my productivity journey, if you will. So I actually spent 10 years working for that business internationally, uh, and they sent me to the States on a number of different occasions to help them grow and scale. So I spent a lot of time working in operations, leading massive teams, and then most notably in a buying position where I traveled the world buying fruit and vegetables for a massive retail chain. So I had spent 10 years in a very productive, very masculine environment. And I got pregnant with my son, Bo, who just turned three. My husband is American and we met when I was working in Tampa. Uh, That was coming up to eight years ago. So after I got pregnant, I started to really think about, you know, what am I going to do? Because I don't see how I can live in this masculine energy corporate world and have a baby. Um, And I wanted to be with my husband. We were living separately at the time he was back in the States. I was back in England. So we were separated for my entire pregnancy. So I actually moved to the States four weeks before I had my son. Um, And I literally didn't know anybody here in South Florida. I live in Jupiter, South Florida. So although I'd spent time in the States in New York and in Tampa, I'd never spent time down here. And I decided when I had Bo, my son, to really start thinking about maybe I should listen into this intuitive nudge that I should be doing something for myself self. But that was very challenging. Let's be honest. A lot of my self-worth, a lot of my identity from being very young had been in me being this high achiever corporate executive. And I didn't really know what working for myself would look like. Um, And as the daughter of two entrepreneurs, I definitely grew up with the thinking and the mindset that entrepreneurship was hard work. It was very industrial age type thinking of like a lot of hours. You never can take vacation and take time off. Like you're responsible for everyone and everything. So I didn't really have probably the the nicest view of entrepreneurship, but I definitely felt like I was done working that hard for somebody else. Um, 
So that's when I started to really think about having my own business. And I had no idea what that really looked like, but I started doing some of the personal development work that we all inevitably end up doing, listening to podcasts and inevitably going to an event for female entrepreneurs. And that is where my coaching business was born. So I very much relate to you because I built this business whilst working a corporate job. I actually went back to a corporate job after having Bo um, in the organic retail industry and built this business on the side. So my intention was to leave my full-time corporate job by the end of 2020, but the universe had other plans because the company that I was working for very abruptly declared bankruptcy after trying to sell the business. So within two weeks last February, I went from being a six-figure corporate executive to being completely out of a job. So I kind of took that as a sign and felt pretty excited about the leap of faith, if you will, and went full-time into my coaching business. So it's literally just been over a year that I've been coaching full-time. Wow, that's amazing. I think it's so funny how sometimes the universe just gives you that little push, like before you're actually ready for it. And they're just like, nope, it's, it's time. Yeah. And, and a lot of people ask me, you know, a lot of my clients are similar are in a, in a job, in a full-time job, trying to build a business. And they will ask like, when do I know when is the right time? And I'm like, that is the hardest question because there are so many variables. And for me, I, I have no idea. You have no idea if I would have continued through, I probably would have stayed in my corporate job because who's going to leave a six figure job. You know, it's a, it's a terrifying thing to go into your business. So for me, it was one of those moments where I was like, I can go and get another job or I can try my coaching business. And obviously that was right before COVID hit. So there was a whole plethora of reasons that potentially I should have failed, but here we are a year later and it was the best non-decision that I ever made. So Amazing. I love that. And what is it that drew you to being a productivity coach? Like, of course, you said that you were working for a German business, which had, you know, so much productivity already kind of instilled in it. So did that kind of teach you like the productivity skills or was it always something that you were really good at and interested in? Yeah, that's a really great question. I I am a firm believer that we all have like innate zones of genius and productivity is definitely something that I have always had a zone of genius in from being a very young young age. I joke with my husband um, that I must be somewhere deep down, deep down inside a lazy person because I always look <laughs> for the most efficient, effective ways of doing things. Um, and he always jokes back that I must be the most hardworking, lazy person that he's ever met then. But I, I always have looked, even when I was at school, I was academic, but I was always looking for ways that I could make things easy on myself. So I would always be really um, intuitively looking for ways that I could not have to study so hard or work so hard, but still get incredible grades. Um, And that really went into me going into university. I graduated top of my class and I really, you know, wasn't probably the most um, perfect student on paper, but I really was looking for ways at all times that I could excel by doing things more effectively, by doing less, but doing more of the right things. And that kind of made sense why I then went to work for a very productive retailer, um, which probably honed some of those skills even further. And I excelled within that business. It was a very hard business to work in. Like I said, a very masculine business, but I, I really thrived in that atmosphere. And I think part of that was because innately inside of me, I've always had this fixation on how to to do things more productively. Um, I also grew up in a household where if you met my mom, it would probably all make sense. So she was the epitome <laughs> of like, she literally like is the one of those women that has the perfect house, works all the hours, has an amazing mm-hmm. business, has great relationships with everyone, had three kids, like could do everything. And people are like, how do you do everything and make it look so easy? And I definitely had a bit of um, her genetics thrown in the mix there. So that was where my my interest and in productivity came from. But interestingly enough, that's not really where I started in my coaching. I didn't really know what kind of coach I was. I initially thought maybe I was a mindset coach and my business now has completely evolved and changed over the last year, which I'm sure you can relate to, but I'm sure it will continue to evolve and change. Um, And now obviously predominantly what I do is teach women regarding productivity and profitability because the two things go very hand in hand. Very cool. I think it's like that saying, um, work, work harder, not, or work smarter, not harder. Yes, that, that was exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, if you looked at that in the, in the dictionary, there's a picture of me in that. Cause that's what I, I always did from being a kid. So yeah, yeah there you go. that's good. I mean, I think that that always helps like when you're in school, when you're in a very competitive corporate job, when you're like your own 
boss, like being able to work efficiently and not have to work those long hours, I think is always so much more beneficial. Yeah. And, and that's a big part of what I teach women because I'm a massive advocate that you don't have to compromise. And I think that we live, have lived and continue to live in a society that really applauds the busy badge of honor that mm-hmm. so many are guilty. So many of us are guilty of wearing myself included, where we think I'm so busy and the more packed your calendar is the more worthy that you feel of success and of results. When the reality is you don't actually have to compromise on the things that you want, like self care, like spending time, you know, I'm a mom. I don't want to not spend time with my child. And there was a period of time where I didn't spend enough time with him because I felt like I needed to tick that box of being so busy and working all the hours. And then I would be worthy of that six figure salary. But the reality is, is that's a big mindset shift that a lot of us need is moving away from the busy badge of honor and really looking at how are we doing more of the things that actually work so that we can create more time to be a happy, healthy human being by spending time with our favorite people, you know, spending time doing the things that we love doing and that light us up. Yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the things that the pandemic has really kind of afforded a lot of people is realizing that they don't need to be doing absolutely everything like every single day. And there's actually time for them to do the things that they love doing and like still be as productive or as, um, as successful as they were previously. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we used to say a lot when I, in my old corporate job for the, the German business that I worked for is we were a big advocate of giving everything a time frame. Everything had a metric and everything had a time frame. And the, the reality is the basis of that is fundamentally true because we used to say, if you measure it, you can improve it. Um, and the same thing goes for all of us. If I give you three hours to clean your house, it'll probably take you three hours. If I give you 30 minutes, you would be amazed at what you can accomplish in 30 minutes. And the same thing goes for you and your calendar, your time, the tasks that you have, the needle moving activities that you have to do. The reality is if you approach it in a way that you give yourself a very short, punchy period of time, which is what COVID effectively taught people, it's incredible what you can do. People didn't realize how productive they could be until they were forced into being productive. So you almost have to create that environment for yourself artificially to to really push yourself and start doing more of the things that actually move the needle and dropping the things that really don't. Yeah, definitely. So what does productivity mean to you? Like as someone who's kind of grown up always trying to be more productive and someone who's like worked in that field, like what does it mean to you? Yeah. So to me, productivity means doing more of the things that make the difference, right? Doing less, but doing more of the things that actually move the needle in your life and in your business. So for me, I'm a big advocate of not having to compromise. You can be, do, and have it all without the compromise. And so in order to do that, you need to know what are the activities, regardless of whether it's in your personal life or in your business, that are going to move the needle on the things that you really want to achieve. So to me, being productive is not necessarily about doing less, but it is about doing less of the things that don't do anything for you and more of the things that do really move the needle. Yeah. And so when I think of productivity, I think of like working efficiently and really minimizing the distraction so that you have that time to really focus and Um, as you say, kind of like condense the time that you're actually working. But I know that there's so much more to, like there's so many more benefits to working productively in your business. So what are the other advantages that come with being productive? Yeah, so there's a big reason why a lot of what I coach on is productivity and profitability. And I will tell you that nothing will hit your bottom line like your productivity will. So if you really wanna be profitable in your business, the best way of being able to be profitable is to work on your productivity. Because if productivity is doing less of the things that don't matter and more of the things that do move the needle, often the things in our business that do move the needle directly impact on you making money. They are your income generating activities. They are the things that make a difference to the amount of clients that you bring in and the amount of sales that you do. So for me, productivity is of course, creating space in your calendar so that you don't have to work 50, 60 hours a week to earn a great, like, income in your business, but it is also about really impacting on how profitable you are, because once you understand how to be as productive as possible in your business, you can also start to increase and amplify the profitability in your business. 
So I'm a huge advocate of working with women to look at those things because I just really love to see women empowered by money. I think women do amazing things with money. So the more that we can get amazing women to be earning more and more money in their business and to be more profitable then the better place that the world is going to be. Yeah, definitely. I think that's so interesting to recognize that the two go hand in hand because I think for a lot of people, like obviously it makes sense like the way that you've explained it like the less that you're doing the the non-income generating activities and the more time you have for the things that are actually going to make a difference in your business but I think for a lot of people like when they think of being productive they just think of like no distractions like getting the work done like yeah, when yeah. you want to get it done but it's so interesting to see the correlation between the two Yeah. And this is the thing we all think is being productive is like, can I cross off everything on my to-do list today? That's not what being productive is. Being productive is doing more of the things that move the needle. And often those things are probably three to four of those things on your mammoth to-do list. And Mm -hmm. that's a big part of the work is really helping people identify what are those things that are really going to move the needle. Yeah. And I think like, as you said, like your parents are entrepreneurs and you've seen how much hard work goes into it. And not to say that like being an entrepreneur isn't hard, but I think it's really interesting that there are like ways to have it all. As you said, like there's ways to balance your work, your life, your family, while also running this like six figure business and having only maybe like four like daily non-negotiable tasks that you have to do. Yeah. And that's the thing is it is easy to think that, you know, we see two very different polarizing images of entrepreneurship. You see the industrial age that I'm talking about watching my parents like you know, live in their businesses, work seven days a week. It it feels hard and it looked hard. Then there is this like Instagram, like you're at the pool Mm -hmm. with your laptop like thing. And I don't think entrepreneurship has to be, is either of those things. I think it's a choice. I'm not saying that there are days and seasons in my business where I'm not working a lot of hours or where I am able to like sit outside. You know, I live in Florida, sit outside in my swimsuit working on my laptop like of course there are both of those but I think it's understanding that there will be different seasons in your business but the difference to me comes from that being inspired to work and doing a big week doesn't feel like hard work when it's the right inspired action like versus am I just doing it because I'm trying to tick a box and I think I should be doing all these things and I'm exhausted it's a very different season and I really like to look especially when you're new at entrepreneur in entrepreneurship there are going to be weeks and there are going to be months that feel harder than others there are going to be yeah, days where like I, I you know it just feels like pushing water up a hill but if you can always bring yourself back to these things that you know work and if you can focus on consistency of action that's where these things start to amplify and you start to get results yeah definitely and kind of just like going off of that I've had a couple of clients who who they really want to quit their nine to five like that's their big goal and they want to go full-time in their business so they have more um so they have more time back in their life but because but right now they're like in the very early stages of their business and so because there's this huge discrepancy between where they are and where they want to be it it just feels really discouraging for a lot of them because it feels like it's such an upward battle and they're never going to get there so what mindset shifts do you think new business owners have to make in order to reach their goals yeah that's a that's a great question and there's There's one really big one that I talk a lot about to the women in my tribe. And that is, I call it the 16 second of happiness rule. And this is something that I myself have have really struggled with like throughout life and in my own business, but we all have the tendency to pedestal these moments as if they are the secret to our everlasting happiness. For example, I believed wholeheartedly that when I was was achieving $10,000 a month in my business, all of my problems would be solved. And guess what happened? I started to achieve 10,000 months of my business and all of my problems were not solved. And the same thing goes for anything that we pedestal, any achievement in our business. I was desperate to get featured in Forbes. I was like, this is on my vision board. I'm going to do it. Guess what? I got featured in Forbes and the happiness high lasted. The dopamine hit lasted about 16 seconds, which is where this 16 second of happiness rule comes from. Generally speaking, it's not that these things aren't great to achieve. Of course, like I'm a massive advocate of, of have no glass ceiling, like aim for the stars in your business, in your life, whatever you want to achieve, but know this, that the reality is when you achieve that goal, you will get around 16 seconds of that dopamine rush. And then your brain will immediately, because this is how we're pre-programmed, will be like, 
okay, so what are we doing now? Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing for me is you have to really focus on the journey. And it's so easy to say that, but bear in mind a year ago to where I am now is like night and day. But I spent a lot of time working toward pedestal events and then realizing very quickly that they weren't the answer to all of my problems. But actually what I enjoyed so much more was learning to get to $10,000 months, was learning how to get published in Forbes, was submitting and submitting and submitting. And then all of a sudden I got featured. It's the journey is where the happiness comes in. And this is a marathon and not a sprint. I am a big advocate of build a business around the lifestyle that you want. That's a big reason why I became an entrepreneur was yes, of course, to help people. But ultimately it was because I wanted to build a business and not have to work for somebody else. So I wanted a certain lifestyle. I wanted the freedom to work for myself, to be the decision maker, to pick the days that I worked. And the reality is that takes time to build. It doesn't, there is no, there is no magic course, no secret pill. There is not one person that's going to be able to teach you how to become a raving success overnight. It takes time. But if you focus instead on the consistency of your action, and if those actions are productive actions that are actually going to move the needle, you will be amazed at the difference that you can create within the space of a year. But it takes that mindset of first and foremost, owning your time, of knowing that you are the owner of your time. So regardless of what you have on your plate and how full your plate is with a, with a job, with kids, you are the owner of your time. And whatever you decide is a priority, you will make a priority. So once you decide that, and then you really focus on the consistency of action, they're the two biggest things that I really work with people on from a mindset perspective, because I think that we're all guilty of pedestaling those big milestone markers. When I have 10,000 followers, when I have this, it's not the secret answer. It isn't. I promise you it's not. You just have to keep showing up and doing more of the things that work. Yeah. And I think it's so hard, like with Instagram now, like when you see all of these people talking about their their successes, it's really hard not to put those goals on like your own pedestal and then be like, oh, why haven't I achieved that yet? Or why aren't I there yet? And I think that with Instagram, like it's so easy to get caught up in what everybody else is doing, but it's super important to just kind of focus on where you're at in your journey and focus on the things that matter to your business and not what's happening in other people's. Yeah, that's a huge one. And I'll tell you now that one of the things that I did when I first started my business was I made a decision that I would only go on social media to post about my business, to do my business income generating activities, to grow my platforms, to find my people, attract her and convert her. And I did not consume. The only accounts that I consumed were people that inspired the crap out of me. And that was it. I would not spend time in scrolling. I would not spend time watching people's stories because again, nothing will drain your productivity quicker than comparison, quicker than spending time on social media of just like going down the rabbit hole. So in order to be a productivity queen and be as productive as possible, a big piece of advice I would give for you, whilst it's easy at the start of your business to be looking at what everyone else is doing, Mm -hmm. I promise you, if you focus on what you are doing and how you are showing up, that is where the biggest difference is made. Living and comparing yourself to other people will only, will kill your joy and kill your productivity quicker than anything else. Yeah, definitely. And like, as you were saying, like that's such a, a non-essential task to do every day because it's so easy to get stuck down those rabbit holes and just be passively scrolling for hours on end. And then, you know, next thing you know, like the day is over and you haven't done anything. Yeah. And listen, that comes from me lovingly. Like I have been there. Trust me. If any of the things that I talk about, I can guarantee you I've also done myself, but I also know now that my mindset is always so much better when I don't do the comparison Mm -hmm. game. My, uh, like everything about my productivity, everything increases when I focus on myself and I stop, don't compare myself to other people. I don't seek validation from other people. I just show up and do what I know is true for me and in alignment for me. And that you cannot go wrong when you live from that space and you operate your business from that space. Hey coach, I know you're loving this episode, but I had to interrupt it to tell you all about my invisible to visible one-on-one program. Are you a new coach in the first year of your business and struggling to sign your first client? My invisible to visible program teaches new coaches just like you how to attract consistent clients by showing up on video effectively and converting them just by being yourself and leveraging your personality to sell. 
this four month program is for the new coach who is craving to stand out in their industry, fill up their offers with dream clients and book out their services. In this program, I will help you go from overwhelmed and confused to a confident and empowered visibility queen that consistently sells out her services by simply showing up as herself and implementing magnetic marketing strategies. If you are a new coach and you're ready to sign consistent clients, but you're scared of showing up on camera, you're confused what content to post or how to stand out, then click the link in the show notes to apply and get ready to become way more visible. So another thing is that when I think you're, when you're starting a business or scaling to like the next level in your business, I think that often there's a lot of fear associated with it. And that fear is embodied through like procrastinating or just not feeling very motivated to work on your business. And obviously like when we're procrastinating, we're not being productive. So how do you go from being a procrastinator to a productivity queen? Yes, that is a great question. And I love this topic because procrastination is something that comes up for everyone when I encounter them in my world. One of the biggest questions I ask people is what's your biggest productivity struggle? And they will most of the time, most of the time they'll say either motivation or procrastination. And the two things like are very closely aligned. Now, procrastination either, like you said, either comes from the fact that you are scared, there is an underlying fear, and that is why you're procrastinating. For example, you are you have a fear of failure. I have a fear that if I do this this thing and put myself out there that I'm going to fail, that I'm going to fall on my face and people are going to see me, or I'm going to, I'm fearing that people are going to judge me. You know, I've got people that follow me that have known me for years. What will they say? People are going to talk about me. You have some sort of underlying fear or you're making the task simply too big. So when it comes to procrastination, there's two ways that I counter this. Now, the latter of what I just spoke about is easier because if it's simply a case of the task being too big, you just need to slice it up smaller. For example, at the start of your business, if you are sat there thinking, I want to create a course and it's a 10 module course, and that means I need to make 50 video modules, that feels like a massive, massive task. What if instead you look at that bigger task and you make it smaller? This week, I want you to focus on making three videos, five videos. It's really about breaking it down. Now, that kind of procrastination is much easier to overcome than fear-based procrastination. But fear-based procrastination is actually something that's quite easy to overcome once you have a system to do that. And I go through kind of a limiting belief or a fear-busting process with my clients, which I'm happy to share with you. So First and foremost, often fear and limiting beliefs come out of us in terms of limiting behaviors. Now, procrastination is a limiting behavior. So when you first look at what am I doing, what are my limiting behaviors are holding me back, you'll probably find I find myself procrastinating a lot. Okay, that's your limiting behavior. Once you understand what your behavior is, then you then ask yourself, what is the belief? What is the underlying belief that I have underpinning this limiting behavior? And you'll start to look and start to ask yourself questions is the quickest way you're going to be able to get to your fear that will start to uncover okay I'm actually really scared that people are going to judge me I'm scared that no one's going to like my stuff I'm scared that no one's going to buy anything I'm going to do a launch and no one's going to show up and then I'm going to be a failure and you start to really dig into what the underlying fear is the next stage of this is identifying where does that fear come from and more often than not much like with all of us a lot of our stuff comes from childhood is the reality it either was modeled to us it's something that somebody said to us, someone that was an authority figure in our life, whether it be a parent, a grandparent, a teacher, but we often have a fear based on previous experience or based on childhood. And once you can identify where that fear is coming from, you can then move on to the next step, which is what is the evidence to tell me that this fear is a lie? And if you look around you, there will you will be inundated with evidence of why your fear of failure, your fear of judgment is actually a lie. You'll be able to find other people that, you know, a year ago, Leanne started exactly where I was and look at her like, yes, of course, I've done things and I've failed. I've done things I'm sure people have spoken about me, but it does, it's not about me. My business is not about me. I show up for other people and I know if I'm consistent and I keep tweaking and pivoting things that ultimately that's how I started to achieve things. That's how I started to get to my $10,000 months. That's how I started to get featured in Forbes. It takes you showing up and doing the work and it takes you being willing to fail. Like failure is just 
redirection, right? It's just feedback. So for me, I like to go through that process, identify what that belief is, and then find evidence of why it's a lie and replace it with a new belief. And so once you go through that process, every time you catch yourself with a limiting behavior, i.e. lacking motivation, i.e. procrastinating, not being consistent, you have to first identify what's the behavior that's coming out of me and then realize what is the underlying fear beneath it. But know that you are not alone and we all have our own unique set of fears that we're continually working through. We're all a work in progress, regardless of where you are in your business. I love that. I think that's such a great way to really uncover what it is that's holding you back from like making those moves. Cause I think for so many people, like, I think actually for me, probably the thing that held me back the most when I first started my business was just thinking about how much work had to go into it to get me to where I wanted to be. And because I was working a nine to five, like that just thinking about that honestly just drained me because I was like, there's so much that I have to do. And like, I, I don't want to spend like my entire evenings, like working on my business and going to bed at midnight and then waking up at 6am. And so I think like that thought was what really held me back. But then when I started thinking about it more of like, what do I want to achieve? And like, what is actually really important to me? That's when I really was able to kind of scale back on like all of that busy work and just focus on those like three or four things that I had to do every day to help me um, like attract clients and, and make money. And I think that when, when you're able to uncover the kind of like the self-sabotaging behavior that you're doing, that's really when your business starts to take off. Yeah. And listen, know that when you're in that stage where if you're working a nine to five and you're building your business, it's a very different season to being full-time in your business. But the reality is two things. You will never feel ready. It will never be perfect, right? So we'd like to think, well, when I've got this in place, like when I order the camera, when I do this, then it will be better. Then it will be better. When I have a thousand followers, then I can launch something. But the reality is you're never going to be ready. It's never going to feel easy. And the other thing is this, sometimes when the task feels too big, which is a lot of what you were describing, like, yes, when you sit there and you're in your nine to five and you've just started your Instagram account and you've got three followers and you're like, I'm deciding I'm going to do this. The million dollar a year business feels a hell of a lot of a long way away, mm -hmm. right? For me, I'm like, okay, so let's break that down. What would I love to achieve in the next three months? Like, what would I love? What would be a massive win? Okay, having a thousand people on Instagram would be a win. This is because use that for argument's sake. Okay, so when, what do I need to do every single day to make sure that happens? And when you start to think about things like that, you start to focus on like, okay, what actions do I need to do? But you need to know what season are you in? It's kind of like, I always use the fitness analogy, but it's like somebody that's, you know, 300 pounds that all of a sudden decides they want to change their life. You don't go from never working out and eating total crap to all of a sudden being in the gym every single day for three hours and eating a perfect like nutrition diet. Like that's not how it works. You have to know if you're in the foundation building stage or you're in the maintenance building stage. But I can promise you that the sooner you begin to take action, even if it's three evenings a week for an hour, rather than staying up till midnight, right? You all of a sudden those actions compound and it starts to amplify and it starts to feel easier. Um, um, so it's kind of like driving a car, right? The first time you learn to drive a car, you're hyper aware. Where are my hands? Where, where are the mirrors? Who, where is this person going? Oh my God, someone's going to crash into me. Whereas at some point when you, in your driving journey, you now get in the car and without even thinking you drive and you don't have to think about where your hands are or where your mirrors are. You just do it naturally running a business and building a business feels the exact same way. When you start, everything feels hard. And then all of a sudden it just becomes second nature and you start, everything starts to feel easier. Mm -hmm. And I think this is something that like probably comes from like that nine to five mindset where everything is just kind of go, go, go. And everything is so linear. And you have like these set eight hours every single day where you have to be working. And that's kind of the mindset that I think a lot of new coaches have, because like, that's just what they're used to. That's what they've grown up with. That's what society has told them is the norm. And I think that when you become an entrepreneur and everything is more in your own hands and how you create your business and then how you grow it, like that can be absolutely terrifying and it can feel so overwhelming not knowing how to do it because like somebody else in your nine to five has already done all of this for you. Yeah. And that's where, when I first started my business, I definitely bought that hustle culture of corporate into my business. I made everything harder than it needed to be, but I quickly realized that I was doing that and everything felt hard. Everything felt hard. 
And I all of a sudden sat down and was like, okay, I get to decide what gets to be true for me. So what if I instead decide that this gets to be easy? And I looked to people that I saw were killing it but without living in that masculine culture, because there are different people out there that subscribe to different things. You have to do what feels in alignment for you. What feels in alignment for me is not living in my masculine energy and working 70 hours a week to have a successful business. And that doesn't suit me. It doesn't bring out the best in me. And I think when you know those things about yourself, you get to choose what you want your reality for your business to look and feel like. But you also have to recognize when you start your entrepreneurship journey, you are basically undoing a lifetime of the cultural norms that you've been used to. You know, in school, we learn that. We learn like work hard, right? I mean, you know, work hard. That's how you get great results. If it was that easy, if it was as simple as the harder you work, the more successful you are, there would be a hell of a lot of very rich teachers, people in the medical field, there is a lot of low paying jobs where people work exponentially harder. And it doesn't, unfortunately, that's not how life works. It's not, doesn't work like that. So I think, again, when you look around and show yourself the evidence that there are people that are not working 70 hours a week that are doing very well. And there are people that are working very, very hard that are earning, you know, minimum wage. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just using it as an example of, unfortunately, hard work doesn't always translate to, you know, massive success and profitability in your business. Yeah, definitely. And so kind of like going off of that, one thing that I also see a lot in people who have like other life commitments that they can't just drop. So whether they're like studying or they have a family or they have a nine to five, um, one of the things that I see a lot is that they're stuck in this hustle culture and they're stuck with like just doing everything and trying to um, really grow their business. And yet they're still stuck in that phase where they're struggling to generate income and they're struggling to attract their clients. So how does somebody get out of this cycle? Yeah, that is a that is a great one. And I have a lot of clients that come to me with the exact same problem. Now, the first thing that I will tell you is I like I obviously work with women. Women have a really hard time asking for support and asking for help. And it does take a village. You cannot build a business with being responsible for everything else, i.e. a nine to five, kids, all of the things, without being really honest with yourself about where am I going to carve out the time to build this business, with which does not require require me not sleeping, right? That is not sustainable. You cannot build a sustainable business where you're compromising on your health, on sleep. They're the things that are essential for you being a happy human. So the first thing that I would tell you to do is to really look objectively at your week and ask yourself, how much time can I truly dedicate to me building my business right now? What season am I in? The woman with three young kids and diapers is in a very different season to the person that has a nine to five, but has no kids. So you need to be able to look at where you are and be really honest with yourself about how many hours can I truly dedicate to growing my business? And once you do that, you're able to look at, okay, is this enough? If it's only two hours, I mean, there's a lot that you can do in two hours a week, but if it's only two hours, where could you ask for more support or where could you potentially bring in more support through potentially hiring? Um, You know, there are a million different ways that you can bring in support. Maybe it's asking a spouse. Like I know with my husband, I ask him to take my son to school two mornings a week. It makes having that extra hour makes a massive difference to those two days. It's very incredible what asking for a bit of help can be. And when you're in the beginning stages, it can be terrifying to outsource, but know Mm -hmm. this outsourcing doesn't have to be you paying for somebody. You could literally swap services. There might be your zone of genius is completely different to the person's zone of genius that you need. And you could swap services, right? Likewise, you can actually outsource very affordably online. There are a million ways to find people at very affordable prices. Maybe you, maybe you let somebody help you in exchange for a testimonial. So I think being first and foremost, being really honest about how much time can you spend? And then also being able to ask for help, whether it be from family, whether it be from friends, whether it be from your spouse, like whoever it may be so that you can create a bit more buffer time for yourself in the week where you can really have that CEO time of working on your business. Um, The second thing is this, pick three things over the next 90 days that you want to work on. And I say this with love because I genuinely believe in a big thing that I teach is the way that we goal set kind of sets you up for failure. 
And for me, the way that I goal set and the way that I teach my clients to goal set is to look at what three things, and they can't be three massive things. Like they can't be, I want to get to $10,000 a month and you're currently earning zero. I want to get to a hundred thousand followers on Instagram and you currently have 500. Like they need to be, they need to be a stretch, but they also need to be achievable within the next 90 days. And I literally will pick three things, give every single one of those things a metric. So if you're like, I want to earn more money in my business. Okay. How much is more money? Okay. I want to earn a thousand dollars in my business. Great. Okay. Now we have a metric. So each one of them needs a metric. And then you basically need to look at the amount of time you have available in your week. What are your income generating needle moving activities, which are often income generating activities for those three things that are going to move the needle. So if it's, you know, if it's growing your Instagram following, okay, how many times a week are you going to post? When are you going to post in your stories? Like you have to think about what are the activities that are going to help me grow that platform? Likewise, making money in your business. Well, you can't make money in your business if you don't get your, your in front of your ideal client. So how are you going to do that with the time that you have available? So I think it's really easy to get, again, especially when you're busy already. And I hate even using the word busy when your plate is full in your life, i.e. if you already have a job or if you have kids, if you have all the things and you're trying to build a business, strip it back and know that plenty of businesses have been built in four, initially in four hours a week. And you can, you can find time, you can carve out time as the owner of your time, but be really strategic with that time and be really selective about what it is that you're working on. And then once you do that, do 90 day periods and then move on to the next thing because where you focus your energy and time on those three things you'll start to see actually an improvement and then you can start moving into the maintenance building phase of those three things I love that I love having like set metrics I love having the time limit to give yourself I think that's such a great way to really work on achieving your goals but in a very doable fashion for people who are um who have a lot going on in their life yeah and it just means that compromise piece. Like if I can stop like, other women from compromising, that that's one of my life's missions. Like I just hate seeing women compromise on things like sleep. Like if you're somebody that does well off no sleep, good for you, but I am not that person. So I know in the seasons of my business where I've tried to not sleep and just work on my business, it, it ends up me unraveling. And then it ends up me taking two weeks off of my business because I'm like, I want to kill myself. So the reality is we want to build a sustainable business that means it's better for you to do three hours a week of really focused strategic work than it is for you to spend a week of doing a hundred hours and then falling off the wagon completely for the following two weeks. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any favorite productivity techniques? Like I know the Pomodoro technique is like really popular. So what are some of the ones that you live by? Yes. So oh, some of my favorites. Okay. When it comes <laughs> to being productive, there are a few things that I'm a massive, massive advocate of. And these, these sound simple, but I'm telling you simple is what works. So first and foremost, if you are not currently pre-planning your weeks and your days, you are already hindering your productivity. So I personally will give a skeleton plan for my upcoming week on a Friday before I pick myself up from school and enjoy my weekend because I don't work weekends. I will literally plan out next week. What is my biggest priority? And here are, because priority means one. So you, can, you can't have more than one priority. And I find that if I look at the week and say, what is my big overarching priority? I'm able to then really get into the headspace of, okay, so what is gonna move the needle on that priority? And I look at my days and I'll be like, okay, podcast interview here. This is the, the kind of skeleton idea of what's going on. Then each day, the night before each day begins, I will plan out my following day using using Pomodoro. So Pomodoro technique is using 25 minute timers. Generally speaking, it's setting a timer for 25 minutes where you put your phone away from you and you switch off all distractions and you focus in on your time and energy just for those 25 minutes on the task at hand. Now, I am a massive believer in the eat the frog technique. Now, eat the frog came from Mark Twain um, and he basically calls your frogs are your most dreaded tasks. So often in our business, we will procrastinate on the things that actually make the difference. That will be things like booking sales calls with people, doing like reach outs to, to your ideal client to see if you can get them on the phone. They're the things that we'll often leave till last. And we'll start with things like, I'll check my email. Let me just check my notifications on Instagram. They are not needle moving activities. So 
eat the frog means that you begin your day by doing your most dreaded tasks. And when you do that, it will dramatically increase your productivity because all of a sudden you will do those big things that you've been putting off first. And then by lunchtime, everything else is a win. So for me, the planning of your weeks and days, eating the frog is a really big one. And then using time, um, time blocking techniques like the Pomodoro technique is a really powerful way to, if you just do those things, you will tenfold your productivity, like tenfold. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge believer of the front loading your week. And I think that makes such a huge difference. Just knowing what you want to achieve for that week and like having that plan before you go into it so that you know what to do. Cause I think that's so often, like if you're, if you're not making a plan, sometimes you just show up and you're like, okay, what do I do now? And then it's like, that's when the distractions start happening. Cause you start scrolling through Instagram when you should be doing something else on Instagram and you just get so distracted because you don't have a clear goal of what you want to achieve. Yep. And I, I, you know, I tell, I joke, but I tell a lot of my clients that like, show me your calendar. Like if I work with people one-on-one, I'm like, I can tell you how productive and profitable you are in your business. <laughs> if I look at your calendar and if it's not on the, ca- everything for me is on the calendar. It's like calendarize mm-hmm. my time blocks to do things are calendarized. And again, that goes back to the time blocking is amazing because you will get so much more done. What that 25 minutes, you'll probably get through that task that if you didn't give yourself a time frame, would have taken you two and a half hours. Yeah, definitely. What tips do you have for new coaches who are struggling with perfectionism or procrastination or just constantly looking busy? Yeah. So again, this comes back to getting really, really crystal clear and getting a plan of what would I love to achieve in the next 90 days, next 90 days, pick three things and get really hyper-focused on what those three things are. So maybe it's growing your Instagram, maybe it's growing your um, email list, and maybe it's, you know, closing a client within the next 90 days is something that you would love. Then look at with each of those three things, give me three needle moving activities that you need to do every single day that are going to make it happen. When you start bringing things all the way back to the action, you stop focusing on the big goal itself and you start just focusing on the consistency of action. All of a sudden it makes all of those things much more manageable because posting on Instagram like three times a week feels, or making three reels a week feels very different to being like, how am I going to get to a thousand followers? All of a sudden we start to fixate on this big goal rather than focusing on what are the small things that I can do. But the reality is, like we've already spoken about, don't spend time comparing yourself on social media. And if you do find yourself looking to someone and being like triggered by the fact that they're doing really well, really pay attention to that trigger because that trigger is your brain telling you that you have a belief that what they're achieving is not available to you. But actually the mindset shift there is what if it is just evidence that if they can do it, why the hell can you not do it? So whenever now I see someone that's got something that I want, that's achieving something that I want, whether it be 50 grand months, hundred grand months, whatever it is, I look to them and just see them as evidence that that too is possible for me. And when you start to really believe and subscribe to those, but that new belief system, all of a sudden it snaps you out of like procrastination and perfectionism of this, 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 and it gets you into this mindset that I have to just keep showing up because that I can guarantee you that person that you're pedestaling. If you go back and look at their first Instagram post, they suck too. Like they suck too. My first lives, terrible. My first podcast episodes, probably not very good. Like the reality is you have to show up to get better. There, That is, there is no such thing as perfect. And confidence comes from you showing up and doing something consistently and doing it over and over again. And it's like that driving analogy. The first time you do anything, it will feel like you're holding on for dear life. You're really conscious of everything. But then all of a sudden in six months time, it will be like, boom, second nature. 100% agree with all of that. What's something that you wish you knew when you first started your business? Cause like, as you said, like where we start is so different from where we are now. And I think that when you are, if you look back and you're not embarrassed of like what you've achieved, then that means that you're not growing fast enough or you're not making enough changes. So what is something that you wish that you could tell yourself now? Yeah. So I wish I would have known that. Like, I wish I would have known that not everything is written in stone. Like don't get married to anything. And I know that's really easy to say, but I think we all fixate on like, but this is my, the name of this course, or this is the name of my thing, or what, or what about my Instagram handle? Or we get really fixated on these kind of like vanity, vanity things. When the reality is, is your, you and your business, like you said, should constantly evolve and grow. That means that so too, what you do 
what you offer will continue to grow and evolve and change. And there is nothing wrong with that. It actually is a good thing. So rather than being fixated on things have to look and feel like this, otherwise I'm doing it wrong. For me, I wish I would have known that your where you start doesn't necessarily mean that's where you're going to end up. And it's kind of the beautiful part of entrepreneurship is where I started. You know, I had, which seems crazy to me now, what I'm doing now seems so obvious. Back when I started a year ago, like a year and a half ago, it didn't seem that obvious. And that's okay because I had to do the work. I had to do the growth, the development. I had to practice. I had to try on different hats. I had to try coaching on different things like mindset to really know that I was more of a business coach. I had to try doing live events. I had to try doing podcasts. You know, I I had to try doing all these things to really know what do I love to do because some of it is a journey of discovery of that alone don't get married to anything because you don't know until you do it you have no idea what other things that you're going to love doing and how is that going to evolve and change and I always I'm a massive advocate and a massive believer of the fact that you are only ever like one decision away from something massively shifting so just because right now trust me at the start I felt like nothing was working nothing was working and everything was hard and the small tweaks and the small pivots and the small changes in language and just listening to what really does work and doing more of that there where the biggest shifts have come in my income in my success and all of the things but it is a journey and trust me you are you looking back is so fun like that's part of the fun of like not knowing what you're doing and building something beautiful and building something that is your own and you know pedestaling events is the other thing because like I said earlier on I had all these things on a pedestal like it was going to solve all of my problems like I was going to be the happiest human when I was earning 10 grand a month and all of a sudden like you achieve these things and then you're like next and that's (laughs) just how we're wired as humans so not that it's not good to have goals it is but just don't pedestal things like you, you honestly once you achieve them you'll realize they're actually like that they're not that big of a deal after all yeah definitely and I think that when you when you kind of like release that attachment that's like when you when you start really focusing on the things that are important to you and like doing the things that you actually want to do instead of trying to achieve these ideals that you think are what you want to do because it's what everybody else is achieving Yes. And that's when I made the biggest income shifts in my business. I made the biggest changes, the biggest growth, the biggest income growth, the biggest growth in clients, all the things when I stopped paying attention to what I thought I should be doing and saying, and I started just doing it and saying the things that I wanted to say and do. And because they are often the things that are in alignment with you, they're often the things that feel good. And so they feel natural to you. When I started to talk about the things that I could just show up and talk about, it it became a lot easier to get clients because all of a sudden people can feel the energy from you. If you're showing up, trying to teach or trying to talk about things that aren't your zone of genius and that you're not obsessed with, people feel it. Everything is an energy exchange. So I really try and focus on people understanding what are your innate zones of genius and how can you use those to grow your business? How can you use those to get clients? Because that for me is the biggest shift is people were attracted to my energy behind the things that I was talking about. And that's where my clients came from that's where the money came from and now I speak only on the things that I'm obsessed with 100% love that (laughs) amazing well thank you again so much for coming onto the podcast where can people find you yeah, so I am grow.withleanne on Instagram and Facebook. And I have a podcast, the Productivity Queen podcast, and my website is productivityqueen.co. So yeah, feel free, check me out. I would love to hear from your awesome audience. So this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. No worries. Thank you so much for coming on. I will put all of the links to those in the show notes below. And if you enjoyed this episode, again, make sure you check out Leanne on Instagram and send her a gif of you working productively. Pro- oh my gosh, I can never say this word. You working productively or what you think working productively looks like. Yes, I love that. I would love that. Please do. You just finished listening to an episode of the Build Your Own Business podcast. I really hope you found it valuable and you got some information that you can take away to start building a profitable online business. It would mean so, so much to me if you could take the time to subscribe and share it with your friends on social media so this message can reach hundreds of other ambitious entrepreneurs. While you wait for the next episode, you can find me hanging out at schneierclark.co on Instagram. Until then, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.